0: Love, Talk Radio. Good evening. This is the Bob and the Greatest Church. Hope. Oh. Carolina. If you to reach us for prayer, it would be 910-658-5206, 910-658-5206. Church number is 910-897-7392, 910-897-7392. Best resources there on Tuesday night from 7 to 9, and Sunday morning from 10 to 1. We're certainly kind of a privilege to be able to come this afternoon on this Thursday The first Thursday night in the new year, there is a word from the Lord. After praying to God and asking him what to talk about tonight, he told us to talk about uh, living above frustration. Living above frustration. F-R-U-S-T-R-A-T-I-O-N. Frustration. Living above. So so many people have been frustrated coming out of uh, 2023 for various reasons. See, that's the devil's trick. That the devil objected is to get you frustrated. He doesn't want you to get you mad. He does not want to just get you upset. He wants to get you frustrated because he knows if he gets you frustrated enough. You react. Sometimes we can be mad and not act. Sometimes we can be upset and not act. Sometimes we can be angry and I act. But when we reach frustration, it's kind of like your your car running hot, and and, and it's okay. Your car can run hot long as it don't get it red. But once your car get in the red and it stay in the red and then run it off, out of why your car will get, get steaming and knocking and bucking it, and it's gonna cut off because it's got it can't stand the heat that is going on. And see so that's what Satan does. He wanna get your get you in the red. And the red is frustration. And then you don't got the mad, you don't got beyond upset, you don't got beyond angry. You need I'm gonna use a but you got beyond teed off. Now you're frustrated. Now you're ready to act. Now you're ready to take matters in your own hand. And this is what's been going on in 2023. Satan has he's learning how now to push the Christians. And see, when you're not paying attention, when you're not alert at what you're going through, you'll find yourself in first state and wonder how you even got there. Because you began thinking that you are getting rid of the things that you're going through. You'll be piling them up, or like piling them up, and piling them up. Instead of asking God to forgive you and getting over it, you, you 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 pile it up. The next thing you know you pile something up from the when you start piling stuff up, it'll build up out of a while. It's kinda of like putting something in a closet. Eventually there's gonna be no room in that closet. When you open the closet, whatever it is in the room gonna fall out on you. Because the closet can't hold it no more and it ain't no room for no If your mom, the your dad, you're kind of like your your car running hot, and, and and it's okay. Your car can run hot, long as it don't get in the red. But once your hot car get in the red, and it stay in the red, and then run it off, out your car will get, get steaming and knocking and bucking, and it's gonna cut off because it's got it can't stand the heat that is going on. And see so that's what Satan does. He want to get your get you in the red, and the red is frustration then you done not got beyond mad, you done not got beyond upset, you don't got beyond angry. You, I'm gonna use but you got beyond teed off. Now you're frustrated. Now you're ready to act. Now you're ready to take matters in your own hand. And this is what's been going on in 2023. Satan has been learning how now to push the Christian And see, when you're not paying attention, when you're not alert at what you're going through, you'll find yourself in frustration and wonder how you even got there. Because you began thinking that you are uh, getting rid of the things that you're going through. You'll be piling them up, or, or like piling them up, and piling them up. Instead of asking God to forgive you and getting over it, you, 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 you pile it up. The next thing you know, you're piling something up. From the, when you start piling stuff up, you're going build up out of the while. It's kind of like putting something in a closet. Eventually, there's going to be no room in that closet. When you open the closet, whatever it is in the room going to fall out on you because the, the closet can't hold it no more and there ain't no room for no more and you still trying to put it in there. And that's where frustration comes when you can't take no more, where you had enough. So let's look up the word frustration. Um, and the definition for frustration is the feeling of being upset or annoyed especially because of inability to change or or achieve something. Other words, it out of your hand. You it got out of your control. What you were trying to accomplish didn't happen. What you were trying to achieve you didn't achieve. The point that you were trying to that that, that that you that that you were trying to make happen didn't happen. And, and sometimes it feels like string. you feel like stringing with frustration because you've been, you been feel like you've been defeated. You feel like whatever you were going through got the best of you. It done piled up now, and there ain't no more room for it to pile up. You done had enough. You know what the old saying said? Your last nerve. and said, Christian, we got to learn how to live above frustration because Christians cannot walk in a frustrated environment. God did not call us to walk in. How are we gonna help people frustrated if we frustrated? How are we gonna, listen, God brings frustration in your life for you to graduate from it, not to live in it. You see what I'm saying? Uh, Frustration frustration comes to to strengthen you and help you get to the next level. I often say kinda like social service. Social service comes to help you get over, not for you to live in. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and many times people live in Southern rather than get over it, letting it be a stepping stone or a brick to get them to the next level, they, they, they make home there. They live there for 20 and 30 years. Why? Because they satisfied somebody else taking care of them, somebody else's money. All we were told ain't nothing like your own money. But when you're part of social service, you're limited. You're limited. They tell you how much money you can have. They tell you what you can have, what you can't have. They want to keep you in a limit. They want to keep you in a bracket. So that's what frustration does. Frustration keeps you in a bracket where you upset all day. You wake up in the morning upset. You lay down upset. And that's not of oh, God. That's a trick of the enemy. And for Christian, I'm coming this afternoon to, to show you how so I've been frustrated. So I can teach this because I've been there and I graduated from it. And since I graduated from it, I can teach it to you. And this is what trials are all about. This is what tensions are about. You graduate from them. So, and when you meet others that are going through the same thing, you can teach them because you graduated from it. But if you don't graduate from it, you can't help nobody else. So, I come to tell you this afternoon you can live above frustration. Listen, it's going to come. If you're a Christian, if you live long enough, I don't care how righteous you are, I don't care how holy you are, I don't care how much money, money you got, I don't care what your title is, you're gonna be a pastor, you're gonna be a prophet, you're gonna be an evangelist, a preacher, a teacher, a healer, frustration is coming to your house, and you're gonna to have to learn how to deal with it. Or you're gonna find yourself cussing at your wife, cussing at your husband, you're gonna find yourself fussing uh, at your children, your supervisor. is Your mom, your dad. For your, your you, you gonna find yourself out of control because you don't know how to deal with frustration. You and God' word gives us. We got some scripture later on, but God' word gives us a remedy to living above frustration. And listen. Frustration is exasperation. Exas- 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 uh, frustration is annoying. Frustration is anger. So you got these signs going on. You might be headed for frustration. For, for, for frustration is increased anger. Vexation. You done had enough. You done been vexed. You been touching. You're so touched Somebody talking about, oh, she got on my last nerve. You, you, you headed for frustration now when somebody get on your last nerve. you don't let it build an irritation. That's what frustration is. It's irritation. If be irritate, in other words, you 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 don't want to be around that person. You don't you don't want to be in that person present. You see them coming, you hide from them because they irritate They they irritate, they aggravation. They 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 somebody that you don't want to be bothered with because they are annoying. A bitterness is a sign of first sex. You don't got bitter now. Uh, and bitterness is not for Christians. The Bible says bitterness is not of God. If you're bitter, it's the devil. I didn't say you were the devil. I said it's the devil. Bitterness comes from the devil. Well, the Bible says bitterness is not of God, but it's earthly, it's devilish, it's sensitive. And when you bitter, you make other people bitter. And then. Uh, or oh, circumstance, this is what frustration is, an event or circumstance, I want you to know what it is so we go on down the road. You can take this in I want you to take this into 2024, so victorious. 'Cause Because frustration going to come. As going to come, you're going to be upset. You're going to be made mad. Somebody is going to get on your last nerve. Because somebody is, things ain't going to always work out in your favor. Uh, that project ain't always going to work out. That deal ain't always going to come through. That contract ain't always going to work. You went in there and went out and bought you a new car, they bought you a new house, bought you a new outfit because you were fit a sign of a $3.5 million contract or a $30 million contract. You already spent the interest and the profit money that's going to come from it and come and get in the office and find out on Monday morning that they decided they didn't want your company. They, they did not want you. They went and got somebody else. Now you done got in there. and you mad and you frustrated and you aggravated and you don't know what to do. You're cussing and cutting the shot, huh? But you've got to learn how to control yourself. It's an event or circumstance that causes one to have a feeling of frustration. Uh-huh. Yeah. For frustration. You've got to learn how to live above it because it comes to get the best of you. And that's what Satan is using in the church lately. Frustrated Christians. You get all on Facebook. Talking about I ain't mad at nobody, but, but you, you give them a piece of your mind. You give them a piece of your mind because you frustrated. You got tired of every time you looked at Facebook, they were talking about you. So you try to get on there because it do push your last nerve. You frustrated. You want to let them know that, hey, you got a mouth, too. Hey, you got a conversation, too. But God forbid that you do that. committed in the minds of the Lord huh? Jesus did not get frustrated. Jesus did not get, if anybody had a right to get frustrated, if anybody had a right to get aggravated, if anybody had a right to get annoyed, if anybody had a right to get bitter and upset, it was Jesus. But he didn't. He left us an example from the poor pit to the congregation. As leaders, we have to be so careful. We can't do it. Yes, I know God is a forgiving God, but we got to set an example. We got to be humble. We got to be meek we got to be kind. Quit hollering at your flock. Quit hollering at your members. Quit hollering at those that are on you because you got authority. Because you think you're the boss. Because you've been given charge. So you holler at some and then talk nice to others. You ought to talk nice to all your your parishers, all your flock, all of them, every one of them. So what? Things ain't working out. So what? Things back fine. So, what? You didn't get caught in what you wanted. That's no reason to get angry with the trustee and get angry with the motherboard and the digging board and everybody up in the church and they can't get along with you. They don't even how to talk to you because you will go off. You're supposed to be humble. You're supposed to be meek. You're supposed to be kind, living above frustration. In the Bible, frustration is a feeling that many individuals experience due to various circumstances. Although the term frustration, might not be previously mentioned, there are several instances where individuals included prominent biblical figures and kind of situations that could could evoke emotion. Yeah, you ain't the only one. You're not in this thing by yourself. Others are going too. Other people in the Bible that were frustrated. But they handle it. And that they can handle it. you can what well, he said the one he said to all he don't give you no excuse to be mad and bitter and angry and upset, frustrated, can't nobody get along with it? You? Because you you can't think straight when you're frustrated. Additionally, the Bible offers guidance on management frustration. yes, the Bible got scripture verses that will help you with your frustrations. Such as Philippians 4, 6, and encourage us not to be anxious about anything, but to pray and, and present our concern to God. This passage suggested that turning to prayer and seeking God's guidance can help alleviate frustration. Other words, don't be anxious or nothing. Anxiety will blind you. Anxiety will make you look like something, want something so bad it can look pretty until you get it. Then you wake up in the morning and find out that that was so pretty when you laid down that last night and wake up and look over there and it appears it was when you laid down with. You You cannot move on anxiety. You you gotta be patient. You gotta wait. You know, I've experienced so many times with anxiety, buying the wrong car, ending up in the wrong house, people ending up with the wrong husband, the wrong wife, on the wrong job. Why? Because you didn't listen to the voice of God. You was anxious. You just wanted it so bad. I remember there was an incident where where I wanted something so bad, and my wife told me, said, no, baby, you don't need it. That's not right. I'd rather be listen to the voice of the Lord through her. I went on and got it anyway, and it ended up disappoint me very bad. So I mean, you learn sometimes God would speak to your wife. God would speak to your children. God would speak to your friends. And it ain't that they, they don't want you to have that. Oh, you just don't want me to have him. You're so jealous. No, baby, it ain't that she's jealous. It's just that she sees the devil in him. She see that you fit to make a mess. You could get nothing, you could get nothing, thinking you could have something, and they see that. And you so angry and so upset, so frustrated, you can't see faith. Moreover, listen, Ecclesiastes 79 advises that anger or frustration should not linger in our heart, and it can lead to further harm. Instead, it encourages a, a patient, and understanding approach to situations that might provoke frustration you see what I'm saying? Uh, Ecclesiastes 79 tells us that these things should not be in our heart. The Bible says put away these things from your heart because you let them say they're going to spoil you. Uh-huh. They're going to defile you. They're going to cause you to end up in, in frustration and anxiety. And now you can't say things. How many times? How please talk. how to time We thought we heard the voice. Because we was in anxiety. We was in frustration. We thought we heard God's voice. Huh? Look look at look look at Sarah. Sarah was frustrated. Sarah mad, y'all. She upset because her handmaid disrespected her. Now that she done around and God in her hair wanting a baby. She couldn't wait on God. God told her she will going to have a baby. God didn't tell her her handmaid going to have no baby. God told her she was going to have a baby. Now, that sounds clear to me. If she, if God told her she was going to have a baby, how she think her handmaid was a she? Her handmaid was what it was was her excuse. Her handmaid was her alibi because she had lost her faith. And then when she made that mistake, she want to blame Abraham. Come oh, my, he sinning. He ain't sinning. He did what she told him to do because she got in anxiety. She got impatient. Uh, she didn't wait on the Lord, and she gave her husband to a handmaid. And then the girl despised her. After the girl despised her, then she realized she done made a mistake. Now she all frustrated, ain't thinking straight, putting the girl all out in the cold. Didn't care when the girl died out there. Not just put the girl out. She mad. Took the man now. Coulda her, told her put her out, put the boy out too. He didn't say nothing. about you have no food, just get rid of him. Cause she's mad because of the decision that she made. Is you mad this evening? Cause the decision you made. You would not want to walk out the house. You didn't want to tell him you didn't want him no more. You not want to tell him you were fed up with him. You not want to tell him you were tired of him. You didn't want to tell you hate him. You, you didn't want to tell him I don't love you. Let me tell you something. One man treasure. One man trash and another man treasure. How many people got your treasure you see because you bought it with trash? What ain't what look, what ain't good to you is good to somebody else. Not somebody else got it and fixed it all up. I remind you uh, many years ago when I first got married, well, and and, 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 and in 82 when I got married, how that uh one day we was at home. And, my wife went out there side of the road where my mo- mother had thrown something away and it's and it's sad. And my wife got it and took it and brought it home and fixed it up and painted it and, and put it in the house and it looked so beautiful, like it might have came from an antique store. It was nice. She painted it pretty. And my mother come on one day and asked, "Where did you get that from? That looks so beautiful." My my wife said, "I got it out of your trash. You see how how your trash can become a treasure to somebody else. So you be careful." How you get so frustrated in, in your marriage that you get the same thing your husband and your wife that you don't mean? And then they walk away and they leave because you said something ugly. You said something aggravating, You said something disrespectful. You said something out of your frustration that vexed their spirit, and you don't want them. You don't love them. You, you want them to leave and don't come back. But you didn't mean it. You were just mad. But now it's too late. They're gone, and somebody else got them. And you realize that, you know, they say you never, never beat the water to the well gone, God. Yes, you will. God, now, because you don't melt around and pull your water out, and somebody else got it. The Bible says, admit ourselves to God. We acknowledge his sovereign and trust in his wisdom. By resisting the devil's tactic, we prevent frustration from becoming a breeding ground for bitterness. Listen, a breeding ground, you know what a breeding ground is? A breeding ground is when, 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 when you breathe something so you can get some more of it, that more can grow. Do you not know frustration become a breeding ground for bitterness, anger, behavior? Wow, isn't that something? Not only are you frustrated, but you have planted a bed now for other things to become growth, to grow right there. By you, resi- by you resisting the devil tactics, it, prevent that from happening. Resist the devil, he'll flee. But he, in the of 12 and 9, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest in me. Paul said, I ain't gonna brag about my abilities. I'm not gonna brag about my talents. I, 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 I'm not going to brag about my successes. I, I'm not going to brag about how annoyed I am when I walk by and the shadow off my clothes. You up, somebody? Well, I'm going to boast off my weakness, off my frailty. For while I'm weak, I'm weak, then am I strong. He said I had an issue in my life, and I told God to move it. And I went to God three times and move this thing. I was frustrated. I was aggravated. Thought maybe because I was frustrated. Maybe because I was aggravated, God would consider that and move the thing. But you know what God told me? God said that 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 my grace is sufficient. Other word, I ain't moving it, but I'm gonna leave my grace there. My grace is sufficient. My I looked up the word sufficient, and that means it's more than enough. Say for example, you were in the store there, and you're in the line at the counter, and and you 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 there paying for something and find out you ain't got enough money to pay for the product you have. So the man behind you get ready to take it back, and the man behind you tells you no, don't take it back. She asked the clerk how much did you how much do she need? She said was three dollars and saved the five cents. And the man takes out a five dollar says, here this should be sufficient enough. See what I'm trying to say? This is sufficient enough to take care of that two three dollars, said and more. And that's what God great does. God grace is sufficient enough to take care of whatever problem you're going through, whatever situations in your life, God grace is sufficient. Second Corinthians twelve and nine to assure us that God grace is enough to sustain us even in moments of frustrations and weaknesses. It reminds us that our dependence on God allows his power to manifest in our lives transforming our challenge into opportunities for him to work. See, this is what God's trying to do. He didn't allow frustration to come to stop you. He didn't allow frustration to come to hinder to you. He didn't allow frustration to come to set you back. But rather to build you up, the to of your inner man, though the outer man parent, the inner man renew day by day. This is what is so going to happen. When things come to seem like it want to destroy your outer man, but, it, but it's gonna build up your inner man, the spiritual man on the inside. That's what God's concerned about, the spiritual man on the inside. And day by day, it's gonna build up your inner man. If you go through these trials and you go through these tests, so put a smile on your face, get that frown off your off your your forehead, off your brow. Get that bitterness out of your mouth. Get that cussing off your lips, and give God a praise. Ah, oh, sha-ta. If God are praise. David said, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue to be on my lips. When you bless God at all times and his praise on your lips, you will not be frustration. Frustration often exposes our limitations. Did you hear me? And our need for God's sin. Frustration often shows, look, sometimes it shows where we are. Now, when somebody gets so mad at their cuss, it ain't that they ain't no Christians. It showed their weaknesses. It showed their frailty. It showed you the area of life where they need to work on, where you're weak, where you thought you were still sad, but you won't. See, these things come to find out the loopholes in you, the weaknesses in you. Because God don't want no weaknesses. He wants you strong. He said, be strong in the Lord and in his power and the might. Put on the whole armor of God, you'll be able to stand against the wilder of the devil. So that's why these things come to frustrate you, to try to build you up and, and stretch the weak areas of your life. By embracing our weaknesses and looking to Christ, we invite his power to rest upon us. Through our humility and reliance on God's grace, we discover a deeper sense of purpose and the ability to navigate our frustrations with his strength. Be honest to God, and Christ trying to make you strong if you know you're weak. Tell God you're not strong enough to lay down that cigarette. Tell God you're not strong enough to lay down that marijuana. Tell God you're not strong enough to quit committing fornication. Tell God you're not strong enough to commit you quit committing adultery. Tell God you're not strong enough to to, to, to stop getting involved in these sexual uh, immorality, these sexual activities. Tell God. He already know anyway. Tell him your weakness. And when you do so, God will get you. God gives you the ability that you need to be able to stand, to overcome these frailties. You've got to be honest with God. He already knows you're weak, but you've got to be honest about it and quit trying to hide your frustration. When frustration listen. When when, and when, when confronted with frustration, Proverbs 15 to 1 reminds us of the power of a gentle response. It advised us to respond sensitively and kindly, refusing to contribute to an e- escalating conflict. You hear me? Frustration can easily lead to heated exchange of hurtful words. But by choosing to respond with gentleness, we create an atmosphere for understanding and re- reconciliation. A soft response not only diffusing tension. Kitchen, but also allow space for open communication, helping foster resolu- resolution and restoring peace. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 15 1 A soft answer, a soft word. It puts the fire out. No matter how mean they hear, no matter how, how, how angry they are, no matter how vicious they come at you with their words, don't say nothing but say something soft. Tell them you're sorry. Just say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I got in front of you. I- I'm sorry that I moved. I didn't mean to move in front of you. I'm sorry that I pulled out in front of you. Let them cuss. Let them argue. Let them, let them act like they about want to hurt you. But you be uh, you, you. use a soft word. You a Christian. You a child of God. You've been born again. Tell them I'm sorry. They may not pay you no attention when you say you're sorry, but don't start fussing back at them and cussing back at them because it could turn into a feud. It could turn into vendellity. It could turn to, to some it, where they actually want to hurt you. So you got to know how to respond. Don't wait till it happens to learn how to respond. You need to learn now while I'm teaching you this afternoon as you go into 2024. So you need to learn now how to to, to live above first savior. That's my message, is leaving. Learning how to live above first savior. from the pulpit to the congregation. Yes, leaders, too. Leaders lose it. Uh, leaders lose. I know. I know I can see you at the house right now, hollering at that wife. I can see you hollering at them children. I can see you hollering at your mama. I can see you hollering at your coworker, cause you the supervisor, you the boss, hurting them children. They hate to even go to work, cause you hollering at them. I had a supervisor one time hollering at me all the time. All he wanted to do was son. All he wanted to do was have something negative to say. I didn't even want to go to work. I didn't even want to go to work, cause I had to see him. But I went to work anyway. And I kept right on praying, kept on trusting God that God gave me the great book, that God delivered me by taking him out of my presence. Look, God calls us to continue doing good, even in the face of frustration. You can't give up when frustration, come. You can't go and sit down there with frustration, over, oh, well, you're going to get back up again. No, baby, you've got to maneuver even in frustration. Mark time off. Anytime you can only move, when you ain't going through nothing, you ain't accomplished in anything. You're not proven to be a strong Christian. You're not, you're not proven to be a soldier And the only time you go, only time you gonna go go when ain't no war. Sometimes you got to go to war. Sometimes you got to go on a battlefield. And if you ain't a soldier to go on a battlefield, you might not be much of a soldier. Even in the face of frustration, with the understanding that perseverance yields harvest. Listen, when we maintain when we remain committed to God's principles and continue to act in love, kindness, and grace, we set ourselves up for a future reward. The key is to press on and not give, give up, knowing that God's timing and purpose are perfect. Press on through frustration, through aggravation, through annoyingness, uh-huh, through distress, through depression. Through anxiety. Press on. Eyes on God. Keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. Looking into the hear what David said. From when it coming my help? More than all my help. Coming from the Lord, who made the heaven and the earth. Psalm 37 and 7. Be sealed before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their weak advice. Let them be mean. Let them be wicked. Don't you? You ain't they judge. do so look like they're getting away with it. How many know there ain't nobody getting away nothing from, from God? But the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout all the earth, the holy, the good, and the evil. Ain't nobody getting away. And if, and if it, it does look like they're getting away, it's really none of your business. It's in God's hands. You mind your business. You keep your nose clean. You do what you're supposed to do. And don't worry about other people who look like they're getting away with evil devices. Look like they sinning and ain't God doing nothing about it. they sinning and prosperous. You just living right the best you know how. Look like you just can't make it. Don't you worry about that. We Don't be deceived, for God is not mocked. Whatsoever man devil so it, sword? That's it also reap. Just make sure. So when judgment comes, you ain't found. Just make sure when chastisement comes. Make sure when the wrath of God comes, you don't find yourself in the way. Huh? When my daddy started beating. When my daddy started beating one of one of, us, beat one of my brothers. Don't you be in the way, because some a lot of the time he's using that switch. That switch to go further than that person. Don't you be nearby, So you might end up getting a lick, too. So don't you be around to get a lick when God's wrath comes. because you in the you in with the wicked, huh? You get you you got your you got your stuff spreaded out with the wicked. You got your life mixed up with the wicked, and then when the wrath of God comes, huh. then you in getting a lick because you out of place. Cause you over there with the wicked, and here's God trying to test out them, and you over there. The righteous cry out, Psalm thirty-four seventeen and eighteen. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivered them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And that's what frustration is. It breaks your broken heart. Broken heart. It's trouble. Mm-hmm. It's failure. It's setback. It's defeat. But the Bible says, when the righteous cry out, in the moment of frustration, it is comforting to remember that the Lord hears the cry of the righteous. Assured us that he is close to the brokenhearted, offering comfort and deliverance from all our troubles. He's close to you. You the one thing is, and see when you hear God trying to fix you thank God a thousand miles away or twenty miles away of New York City and you won't even fix it. God is close to your problem. God you ain't got to even tell God even though the Bible tells to pray. He already know what you're going through before you tell him. The Bible says you know he knows what you have need of even before you pray. But here you is all frustrated. Huh? Not knowing that God in the moment of your frustration, the moment you start getting frustrated, God wants to comfort you, but you didn't pray. You just sat there, let that frustration get the best of you, thinking about what they did, what happened to you. You won't turn it loose. Oh, now I'm going to tell you how to get victory over frustration. Let it go. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is frustrating you. Let it go. Give it to the Lord. Get on your knee right there and let it go. No matter somebody said something to you, somebody did something to you, something that worked out in your favor, something that happened that you don't even understand and why it happened, let it go. Let it go. Pray. Tell God about it. Let it go. Go. Let it go so God can fix it, so God can work it out, so God can console your heart. Let it go delivered will come if you let it go. If you commit it unto God, for the Bible to commit thy way unto the Lord, please hear the scripture. Commit thy way unto the Lord. That means commit the same to the Lord. This for Satan. aggravation. Don't just commit the good stuff to God. Commit the bad stuff to God too. God already knows but he wants you to bring it to him, just like a child to a father. Commit thy way unto the Lord, and he will establish. Do you know what the word establish means? Establish means to make it, it, make it a solid foundation. When something is established, it is solid, it is dead, bad, and unmovable. God wants to make a solid foundation out of this thing, it's moving you. It got you moved over here, it got you moved over there, it got you moved over here, it got you moved over there. You're to the left, you're to the right, you're to the front, you're back. You're so unstable about this thing you're going through. You're in it today and out of the month. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to handle it. You're having a problem with the situation, and you won't give it to God, but God wants you to let it go and give it to him so he can bring the deliverance And whatever deliverance he brings, you take it and run with it. When frustration feel overwhelming and isolation, we can take solace in the knowledge that we serve a God who is attentive to our every need. He offers solace in moments of brokenness and saves those who feel crushed by the weight. Yes, he offers it. God would be God if he didn't offer escape and He didn't offer solitude to what you're going through. He knows you're going through it and then he won't help you out. But you gotta pay attention. You've got to be tender to God. That he is trying to bring you out. Listen, now God bringing you out may not work in your favor. See, so this is where we messed up. We want God and we want God to bring us out and it work in our favor. No, it may not work in your favor, baby. God may not bring that man back and be on you. It may not bring that woman back that to your spirit and, 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 and hurt you and offended you and did all the crazy stuff she could do there. It may not work that way. But however God teaches you, you accept that and you go on. You go on. Look until the heel would come at your help. They said it was an old saying here. That's just the old saying now. If, 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 if the bird belongs, if you turn the bird loose. If the bird comes back, he it. If he don't, don't even worry about it. And moments of frustration, it can be disheartening to seek injustice or the success of those who act contrary to God's principles. However, Psalm 37 7 remind us to be still before the Lord and trust in His perfect justice. We're talking again about other people. Look you know, like they're prospering in what they're doing and ain't nobody doing nothing like that. Don't worry about that. You your eyes on other people's success. You your eyes on other people's sin. You your know, eyes on want to look like God ain't punishing them for what they've done. You stand back looking for God. As long as you stand back and look for God to punish them, God is not going to punish them. because God told you to forgive them. Forgive them. He's he said, he said, love them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. Isn't that something? They Despitefully use you, God tells you to pray for them. You pray for them, and if your enemy third, God to give him a drink of water. Oh, how far have we drifted? Some of us ain't, oh, some of us are a long way from that, a long way from doing what I just said. But I didn't say it. God said it. Frustration can arise from our desire to see immediate consequence for wrongdoing. You know what I'm saying? You got frustrated because somebody did something wrong and God didn't punish them. You wanted God to reward them. Oh, you wanted God to turn that car over. You wanted God to let the house get on fire. You wanted God to knock the legs down from on And God didn't do nothing. God didn't do nothing. You hear what I'm saying? I remember one time this guy, a person came to my house, and something my child had did to their child, and they they told me what had happened. They stand in the way for me to eat my child in front of them, chastise my child, and show that I'll punish my child. I asked them, well, I told them, I said, okay, thank you for letting me know. And they said, can I help you? They said, yeah, ain't you going to beat them? I said, if I decide to. That, that's my prerogative. If I decide to chastise them by beating them, I'll beat them. But whatever I do is not your concern. You don't tell me what they did. and you just gone on like a business. Uh, 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 that responsibility is in my hand. See, it's God's responsibility to deal with your enemy. You don't tell God what to do. Standing in the for God to punish them. You'll be standing there a long time. You just go on and pray for them like God told you, and God will do the rest can arise when our desire to see it, neither conscience of our wrongdoing. Yet this verse urge us to wait patiently on the Lord, refusing to fret or become anxious when we witness the unjust prosper. Mm-hmm. When we see the unjust prosper, we witness them prosper. Here we get close not we can prosper, we righteous and the unjust prosper and we, we get upset. <laughs> we get frustrated because we're like, wait God, now God, that ain't fair. But God is not, God is always fair. He knows what he's doing. The Bible says, with long suffering and patience, handing towards us. With confidence, we cling to the assurance that God is the ultimate judge and will bring about justice in his perfect timing. You hear what I'm saying? Not in your timing, not when you think you ought to do it. In God's perfect timing, God's going to bring justice to that person that did you wrong. The good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Listen. You've been called according to God's purpose. And God's going to see. God's going to see that everything works out to the good. When it's all over with, you're going to be winning. Romans 8 and 28, all the hope and assurance that God works all things together for the good of those who love him. This includes moments of frustration and disappointment. It's going to work out. I know it doesn't look like it, but I come by to assure you. Let go of frustration, let go of the thing that frustrates you, turn it loose, let it go. It's going to work for your good, but you've got to let it go. you got to turn it loose, and when you do, God's going to fix it. God's going to work it out, Roman 8 and 28 tells us that God's going to work it out. You feel what I'm saying? It's going to work for your good. It is, but you've got to let it go, and you've got to trust God and believe that he's going to do just that. Psalm fifty five and twenty two. Cast all your care on the Lord and He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Isn't that something? Talking about frustration. You cast your care on God, you won't be frustrated. See, you're to handle it yourself. You're not big enough, excuse me. You're not big enough. He didn't cast your care on your husband. He does not cast your care on your wife. He said, cast your care on the Lord, and he will sustain. That means he will fix it. He will sell it. He will make it right. He will never let the rights to be moved. See, you fit to be moved. This frustration, take you're going get your gun, get your knife, get your car, get Madison, go get your friend, and do a drive-by, you fit to make a mess. You fit to end up in prison for the rest of your life for taking a life or hurting somebody because you took matters in your own hand. God said he will not have you be moved, but you're going to be moved if you don't give it to God. When frustration threatened to overwhelm us, Psalm 55 and 22 offers a confident invitation to cast our care upon the Lord. It assured us that God will sustain us and ensure that we remain rooted in his righteousness. Frustration often leaves us feeling shaken and uncertain. You hear what I'm saying? It often leaves us unshaken and uncertain because we try to fix ourselves, we try to work it out ourselves, and we end up We're in a dilemma. James four and seven: Submit yourself then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. When faced with frustration, it is essential to, to, to submit ourselves to God and resist the temptation that may accompany it. If you don't give this thing to God. If you don't submit, submit it to God and realize that this thing is bigger than you, you're going to make a mess. You're going to make a mess. You're going to mess around and cause a chaos. You're going to mess around and hurt somebody and cause somebody to hurt you. So give it to God. Instead of succumbing to negative emotions, we find ourselves overflowing with praise and worship, lifting our spirit and reminding us of God's wavering presence and faithfulness. Yes, we got to turn our, 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 our problem, our complaints, into a praise. Isn't that something? Turning your complaint into a praise. That's what we need to write that down. We need to make that a topic. Turning our complaints into a praise. You're going to be complaining long enough. Now, how about turn that complaint into praise? Now, you can make Kool-Aid and don't put no sugar in it, and I guarantee you it'll take the ability it can as long as you sit there. You sit there and pray with all day long. It ain't going to be better. But if you put some sugar in that Kool-Aid, and that's what you need to do, you need to put some sugar in your emotions. You need to put some sugar in your attitude. You need to put some sugar in your conversation. And the Word of God is the sweet sugar that you need to put in it. Matthew 11:28, 30. Come to me, all oh, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. So my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Talking about frustration now. Huh? When frustration becomes overwhelming, it is comforting to know that we can come to the Lord. We can come to God. And when we come to God, he will give us a victory. He said, He said, who are weary and burdening, say, he said, I'll give you rest. From your frustration. He said, take my yoke. Your yoke is already, your yoke is too heavy. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. We need to read the Bible so we can learn of God. Learn how to be gentle. Learn how to be meek, Learn how to be kind. Learn how to be humble in heart. He said, we'll find rest to our soul. Somebody told me rest because we've got our souls so troubled, so troubled with frustration, so troubled with anxiety. The Lord is my strength and my shield, my heart trusted in him, and he will help me. My heart leaps for joy, and with joy, my song, I praise him. Yeah, the Lord is your strength. The Lord is your strength, and he's your shield, and he wants you to trust in him with all your heart. Psalm 28 and 7 reminds us that the Lord is our ultimate source of strength and protection. Frustration can often weaken our our resources and leave us feeling vulnerable. But when we trust in the Lord, he becomes our shield and our stronghold. That's what he becomes, our shield and our stronghold. Our frustration can take a toll on our mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being However, by accepting Jesus' invitation, we allow him to carry our burden and lead us with gentle and humble guidance. In him we find a yoke that is easy and a burden that is light. Rest and renewal awaits us and we surrender our frustration huh, to the one who can, who can provide peace. He's has waiting. He's been waiting for us to give that frustration to him. I hope I'm helping somebody this evening, cause you need because you need this. You need to cut this into the new year, because you've been frustrated long enough. You ain't know when the last time you laughed. You don't know when the last time you had no joy. You don't know when the last time you had no peace. Well, you don't know when the last time you were solemnized. You just get up, fussy. Listen, first, listen. I say fussing. Now, what does frustration and frustration mean? Frustration is the same thing as fussing, but you done took it to another level. First, frustration. Listen to this. First, frustration. You done took frustration to another level where it's frustrating. Now, people don't want to be around you because your frustration is continuous. Your, your frustration done took on legs, that took on wings and fly. The time you walk in the door, you start fussing because you overcome with frustration and you ain't acknowledged then. You will feel so much better when you lay the frustration down. You you gonna feel good, so much better when you count the ten. And just before you get mad, next time before you get mad, next time before you get frustrated, the most, next time the most time before you lose, count the ten, not thirty. You're count to count the ten real slow. One, two, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And while you're counting, you're thinking. So this is why people get charged with premeditated murder <laughs> because they thought about what they did before they did it. They planned it. see what I'm saying? They had time not to they had time not to do what they did, and that's why it was called premeditated because they planned it they they knew they were going to do it they had already thought they were going to do it and knew they were going to do it and followed up on it. That's what made it be capital upon it in first degree because they planned it. See when you count now you're planning. You're planning what? You're planning not to be frustrated. You're planning not to lose it. You're planning not to lose your cool while you're counting the ten. Oh, it might seem like a long time. But it was a lot to You had a lot to think about while you were thinking to leave it alone. Let it go. You're up to five now. You're up to six. You're up to seven. Leave it alone. Let it go. Don't say nothing. I don't care if your pride is on the line. See, so this is the thing about frustration, your pride gets on the line. When your pride gets on your life, pride <laughs> makes you act on, 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 on frustration. Forget get a bit pride. It's okay to humble yourself. When frustration arrives, it is tempting to the carry them uh, carry them on our own. Yet Psalm fifty five verse twenty two encourage us to cast our terror upon the Lord and trust in his sustaining power. By releasing our frustration to him, we find solace knowing that he will not allow the righteous to be shaken. God's strength and guidance are available to us, even in moments of frustration and weaknesses. When we allow him to bear our burden, we receive renewal, energy, hope, and the assurance that we are working on our behalf. And he is working on our behalf, we can walk through life's frustration with confidence, knowing that we are upheld by the almighty God. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? When you we, 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 we take your time, when you count the ten, when you think about it before you do it again, because it's coming. Just as soon as I teach you tonight, it's coming back again. Just because I taught you tonight don't mean you deliver. Just because you heard me preaching tonight don't mean you got a breakthrough. You got to act on this word. But the Bible says you got to apply the word. The word ain't no good to let you clap. So when the enemy comes back again, when the circumstance arrives, when somebody make you mad, when somebody get on your last nerve, when things don't work out in your favor, when that project don't go through, when that contract don't go through, when that wife still acting crazy, that husband still acting up, you got to be able to count the ten. And while you counting, you got to be thankful. Galatians 6:9. Let not become weary and well-doing. This will be my last verse. Galatians 69. Take this one with you into the new year. This is a good one here. Galatians 69. Let us not become weary and well-doing and, and good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if not give up. Do you not think just because you're doing good? Huh? Frustration can often lead to weariness and the desire to give up frustration will often lead to weariness that's what the end of frustration is it'll make you weary and it want to make you give up but the bible said let us not become weary you done done well and ain't nobody ain't nobody bragging on you ain't nobody encouraging ain't nobody calling you saying i thank you for what you did for me i thank you for 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 lending me that money that helped me get to pay that bill, well, or I thank you for giving me the clothes for my children. I, I thank you for the courage and words you've been giving me all year long. People can be so disrespectful. People can be so rude. People can be so ungrateful, And they don't want to say thank you after you don't work. So, sometimes I thank you can mean so much. Sometimes I thank you can be paid for all, you know what I'm saying? For all that you've done for them. they just call you and say, "Listen, I don't have no money to pay you back for what you've done for me this year, but thank you." Oh, you just don't know how important that is. How that make them feel so good. Oh my God, how that will lift up their spirit? So remember Galatians 6:9. Let us not become weary and weary and doing good. Keep on doing good. Don't stop doing good because nobody is praising, nobody is thanking you. Don't stop doing good because uh, uh, you didn't think that they should have gave you the reward that you should have got from doing good. Don't stop doing good because they talked about the good that you did. You ain't doing the good for them. You're doing the good for God. And the Bible says don't become weary in your way of doing. God's going to pay you. You keep doing the right thing. Let everybody else do wrong. Let everybody else lie. Let everybody else cuss. Let everybody else go to the club. Let everybody else uh, 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 go the opposite way. Let, let everybody else do what it. Joshua was that so me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You be like Joshua. You do the right thing when everybody else is doing the wrong thing. How, how many people you think made it out of the old world? Only eight. All the whole world was lost, eight people. How many people made it out of Solomon the Only three. All those people in Solomon more. all the surrounding cities died on the three people making. You don't worry about the crowd. Uh, don't worry about the majority. You just be part of the minority. You hang on in there. You work on your frustration. Don't go calling nobody else, talking about a girl, you need to work on your frustration. No, you work on your frustration. We always talk about that word for somebody else. No, this word is for you, this afternoon. Take this word and apply it to your life. If you, don't, if you don't need it, pray for somebody else who is frustrated and quit trying to judge somebody. Because we all in sin and come short. Of we all are weak in some areas. We all been bothered with frustration, and it seemed to get the best of us. So we thank you for the word this evening. I pray that you take it and apply it to your life, that it might do you ever so good. Precious Father, I thank you for the lesson this evening. It has certainly been a source of strength for me. It has certainly revived me. It certainly encouraged me. Certainly has enlightened me as I minister to the radio world, God. Concerning frustration, let somebody take that word this and let it be a strength to them. Let let it revive them. Let it bring them a refreshment. Let it bring them back their joy. Help them to let it go, God. Help them to turn that frustration loose. Help them Get me let it go, God. They've been holding on to it so long, God. They mad, God. They bitter, God. They said, like Johnny was in Revelation. How Johnny was When Johnny was mad, he wanted you to destroy Nineveh. And you, and you asked Johnny, but why should you be mad? He said, because he knew, he knew you were going to show them mercy. Johnny didn't even want you to show Nineveh mercy. But you told Johnny there were five. Thousand people that didn't know their right hand from their left hand. That's why you showed them mercy. We got people mad now. Mad want you to destroy somebody. Mad want you to punish somebody. Because what they done done to you. But help them, oh, God, to give it to you. Help them to walk in grace. Help them to walk in love. Help them to walk in compassion. Help them to turn it loose and let it go, God. This frustration. Oh, that the joy of the Lord might fill them up, God. Fill up their bowels. Straight to the radio world, God. Praise in the Apostle God uh, or uh, for allowing this door to become open for many ministers minister and many other God. Praise to which we do with him may be taught. her beyond her wildest dream. Let her prayers be answered. Let doors be opened in her faith, God. Let unexpected blessings come her way, God. All uh, for